guys, a very warm welcome to Mind Series 2 and I've got two fantastic guests joining me today. I've got Adam Stewart and Luke Michael Ravey. Okay, Adam, this is our first meeting, so it's really nice to meet you. Could you tell me a little bit about 66 Days Later and the project that you and Luke and a number of other lads are currently working on uh, and tell everyone a little bit about it? Yeah, so uh, me, uh, Luke, uh, Andrew, Ross and Lewis, uh, over the course of 66 days, started on the 1st of January there, uh, are running 1,000 kilometres uh, collectively. And we're also staying sober for 66 days as well during that. Uh, and it's all in aid of the Olive Branch Charity there, uh, who aim to give uh, immediate access to mental health counselling service for those suffering from mental health issues. I think particularly, you know, given the climate of COVID right now and such, especially like waiting times to, you know, see people like GPs, even if that be for, um, you know, counselling or anything else, it's something really important to have and also very um, beneficial for a lot of people that are struggling right now, especially the whole COVID situation. Yes, no, you're completely right, Adam. I couldn't agree more. Um, so tell me a little bit about how the project came to fruition. Um, look, was this a joint effort or was it something that maybe someone had an idea about? You shared it in a group chat and then it sort of materialized from that point. Yes. Yeah, so um, Adam, we were in a group chat with Adam and Ross and a few of the other lads and kind of bounced across a few ideas um, dry January. And then Adam caught us, we should maybe do something similar to like the 28 days later challenge, but we kind of extended that over to like six to six days later. We thought that had a good rhyme to it. Yes. Um, we thought we'd go all out. Uh, we originally came up with the idea of running 400 kilometres collectively, but as we got a few more of the lads, which took a wee bit of persuasion right now, on board, we got the 1,000 kilometre collective total, so that's where we got the 66 days later challenge. Fantastic. And how are you finding uh, being off the drink at the minute? And, and obviously your bodies are thrown into deep water <laughs> by running so much as well. I, it's good it's it's a good change like especially like the things with lockdowns and whatnot it's very easy to get into kind of bad habits of like drinking all the time and stuff because I mean, there's nothing really to do like you sit in a flat mm-hmm. and you're bored and maybe like your flatmates are like oh do you want to have a drink and stuff and it's nice to kind of you know do knowing you're doing something good for a charity and also you know you're feeling good about your stuff as well like you know not waking up hungover all the time <laughs> the thing's a big one and um, so it's just it's a nice detox of change and it's also nice knowing that we're doing it for a great cause as well so it's definitely got a lot of benefits to it that's fantastic. And uh, what what mile are you up to at the minute? We're actually just over four hundred kilometers so far. <clears throat> so we're way ahead of pace at the minute. I think yeah. we're we're doing quite. We kind of aim to be like twenty five kilometers a week each. But we're yes. doing like we kind of started off. We're doing like five k's, but we've kind of moved up. Me and Luke and stuff and Lewis mm-hmm. and whatnot. We're doing like twenty k runs and stuff we got there. And overnight, me and uh, Luke were out there for fifteen k runs. So we're kind of up on the miles a wee bit. So. So we might even go over the thousand kilometers, just you know, just take it a week at a time. So who knows? Fantastic. So you've he's, he's both got the running bug now. I um I'd done something similar a couple of years ago and, and put myself through the Belfast Marathon. And uh, I was a bit ambitious uh, coming into Christmas. I, I knew I wanted to do something. Um, and uh, I set myself a challenge of 10K a day. And yeah, the older you get, the the less thankful and, and forgiving your, your muscles and bones are because I was, oh, I was struggling. I was the same, like when I went from like 
five kilometers and then I went straight up to 20 and I swear I stood with a pillow between my legs for like two <laughs> nights. It was like, so like, <laughs> I know, I know it, it really does take its toll. And I think running on the likes of roads and concrete and stuff, um, it has its impacts. Uh, I had to vary it up. I had to do grass. I had to do sand. Um, but like you are saying, you do get that running bug and you, it, it's almost that sense of freedom when you get out, you stick the, the music on and, and your headphones, uh, earphones and, and you just get yeah, kind of in the zone, so to speak. You just kind of like zone out and just kind of get over and done with. And then after you just feel like, you know, it's a big accomplishment. You kind of feel. Exactly. And tell me this, obviously the change from coming out of Christmas um, where we all eat and drink a wee bit too much. Um, was did was it really hard to get motivated to start you all off? Or how did you find that process? I think to be towards the end of the year, we kind of sickened ourselves with all like the eating and drinking. And it came the first of January, like, right, we need to do something here and um whenever we initially mentioned the challenge in front of all the boys they were all like there's no way we could do it and then one after some persuasion and after they got a few kilometers on the clock they realized it's actually you feel amazing for it like it's not really a challenge so to speak we actually were enjoying it so far yeah i don't think we were particularly like we're unfit do we no no but i think we're just a staff who like you know especially christmas everybody eats and drinks a lot and stuff so I think at the start you're just kind of getting your body used to it and stuff but yeah i think you know as time goes on and stuff and you kind of get out there and keep going it's guess it's just like and i didn't really just it gets easier as more you do it that's it no exactly and um i suppose doing it in a group of lads maybe as a, a bit of a push too because you, you do have that competitive edge where you know someone posts in going oh lads i've done my you know my 10k i've done my 15k whatever it is uh, you're sort of pushed to go right they're sort of holding me accountable here. I have to get out and do it now. I it's good because it's um Lewis and Andrew, I love with them together. So the three of us, like it's no excuse, like at least no one on the flats kind of like you know, tempting you by drinking or anything. It's just nice, like a whole friend gets doing it together and stuff, and there's no like temptation or kind of you know, swing you off, or like if someone's out for a run, you know, pushes you to go for a run as well. So it's good having that motivation there, 100 percent Fantastic. And okay, what I'm going to do here, gents, is just strip you both back slightly. I'll start with you, Adam. So tell me a little bit about maybe some of your experiences over time. You're, you're currently at uni, aren't you? Or maybe you were all, you were at uni and you've left now, but uh, I think that's where Luke says that connection was. Yeah, so I was at uni there for uh, four years in Edinburgh and I came back there in March uh, because of lockdown and stuff. So uh, parents wanted me home after the big uh, speech in the news. So I came home there in March and stuff. Um, I was just doing my dissertation and then graduate there in June. But um, I think with, with all the branches, by all the way, it's like you know, the free counseling services and stuff. Um, it was something I went to, I used at uni and stuff. Um, it was like, we got it for free as well for your students and stuff. So I think <clears throat> there's obviously like, when we kind of looked up, you know, what chart did we do it for and whatnot, have some that's kind of all close to us in a sense, because we've all, you know, we've, I think like everyone, you know, we've all had your... Um, struggles so to speak and having that like kind of counseling at uni um was something that would like definitely i couldn't be more thankful for and like no one at this charity you know is going you know non-profit organization as well and like offering those services to people especially right now like everyone's struggling in their own sense it's something that's you know pretty close to my heart in that sense so no, that's that's brilliant. And I mean, from what you're saying there, it was something that was accessible to you at university. I know some people have told told me stories coming on the podcast that, you know, there wasn't um, that access to the likes of any charities or any help um, as such. Um, and that's going as back as, as as far as maybe 10, 15 years where, you know, th- certain things 
uh, were, weren't put in place. There was a certain stigma around it. Do you think, do you think that has improved and your experience at university, do you think um, you did have everything sort of that was at your fingertips, it was accessible and you felt comfortable? Yeah, I think that's probably my unit. I felt like the services were there. Um, you know, probably can't speak for all unis and all services and whatnot. Um, but I think, in a sense, the biggest battle is just kind of coming forward and speaking about those things. I think a lot of the time, like, people may know the services is there, but it's kind of getting that voice to kind of speak about those things. I think, especially uh, guys as well, I think when I first started uh, going to counselling and kind of speaking about, you know, uh, trying to get, you know, get me to open up the friends and family and whatnot. But I think for guys, like, I was just saying how, oh, you know, there's just kind of big... I think for a lot of men, there's a lot of the macho kind of stereotype that you know, guys don't really want to speak about their feelings and whatnot. I think like important one of the important things she said was I think she's saying how many people she has like on board, like personally like taking for counselling. And she said like 28 of them uh, are boys out of the 30. So this goes to show like you know it's kind of getting that voice out there and you know and realizing that there's help out there and it's you know especially guys don't be afraid to speak up about it. You know it's I think another important way to look at it is like. You know, if you're worried about what people might think about you, if you do, you know, speak about it and whatnot, just picture if one of your friends come up to you and is like, oh, I'm kind of struggling that minute, you know, oh, I might need some help. You're not going to turn around and be like, oh, no, go away or oh, don't be silly. Like, you know, put it in that perspective. What would you do if a friend came to you and spoke to you about things like that? Yeah. So I think that's a good way to look at it as well. And it's just kind of getting the courage, so to speak, to speak about those things. And it's absolutely nothing to be ashamed of in the slightest. Yeah, and I think there there are more organisations. There, there's more charities, and there's more people out there who are, um, basically pointing um people directly to the correct signposts and and showing that there are loads of services out there, and really opening the door to say, do you know what? We all go through periods in our life that you know are difficult. We struggle with. We can't explain. Um, but there are people out there with a listening ear. Um, but also, I think more so now, if we start to try and implement the likes of the education into primary and post-primary, the likes of secondary and, and college education, you know, we're really going to tackle this head on, um, which I think Northern Ireland has been lacking and the UK, don't get me wrong, but Northern Ireland has been lacking in the sense that we're, we're a reactive sort of country in the sense that we wait for something to happen, then we react. Whereas yeah. what we should be doing is putting in preventable measures before we have to even go down the route of reacting. Um, so if we educate in such a way, do you know, like you would have done first aid training or your defib training or anything like that. I think it's vitally important that we educate young people um, in mental health and, you know, some of the signs to watch for and for them to understand that, it's okay to have certain emotions and certain feelings. If you're a boy, if you're a girl or, or -hmm. if you're anything and um, it's okay to talk about those feelings. Um, And I think it's, it's, the problem is it's a real generational thing where from generation to generation, it's been passed down where, you know, maybe your grandparents or even your parents um, have went through that whole sort of upbringing where yeah it was of- that as well like it wasn't like back in her parents day it probably wasn't even really a thing like to think yeah. about like mental health it just wasn't a thing i think it's something that's changed over the years it's getting more and more uh recognition for how important it is because i think northern ireland as well and the uk is like the highest suicide rate as well so it's something that definitely needs to be spoken about more 
of course, no, definitely. Um, Luke, what about yourself? What about your journey? Um, obviously, I, I would know you through the likes of DJ networks, but have you have you been through any of your own struggles in the sense of, you know, times that have been really challenging and tough? Um, and what what sort of help was out there if uh, you went through difficult times? Yeah, so um, I go to Austin University McGee and I do business in IT and. Uh, I think the first lockdown kind of really hit home. As you know yourself, like I'm involved with the club and the scene and stuff, and like I'm usually out every weekend, DJing, whatever it is. And with like the first lockdown kind of taking that all away, it was kind of hard to get adjusted to that change. Uh, for the first lockdown really, really kind of hit home and made you kind of appreciate the things. And so that's why I want to be take part in this challenge. And I decided to choose um, the Olive Branch as well, just because. It's a kind of unique service in Northern Ireland. There's no appointment necessary, no referral needed, <laughs> just the walk-in only service, and it's completely anonymous as well, which is, I think, it's one of its kind in Northern Ireland, I believe. No, that's brilliant. And uh, t- tell me a bit more about the connection then in the Olive Branch. Obviously, through your business, um, 909, um, which I spoke to you about yesterday in a separate podcast for the Changemakers, and not to plug that in any way. But um, yes, <laughs> you had basically um, donated uh, a month of your online sales to the Olive Branch. So obviously there's a connection there. Talk me through that. Yes, yeah, so my sister is actually the chairwoman of the, the charity. She's been involved with that for the past three, four years. And um because she was always posting social media about the charity and stuff, I kind of wanted to get involved. And I talked to her a wee bit about it and was asking her how I could go about uh, <coughs> fundraising for the charity. And bringing some of the ideas, and I thought um, donating all the profits from 909 during the month of August was a good idea. No, that's brilliant. Obviously, there's the connection there, um, and it's something that's close to your heart, um, and it's great to see all you guys getting behind it and supporting it. Um, so will you continue to support it after the likes of this challenge? Have you even started to think about a new challenge after this one finishes, now that you've got the sort of fundraising and running bug? <laughs> well, we were actually talking about this the other day. Like, um, with the amount of running we're doing, um, after the 66 days are over, like, are we going to just pag it in? I think we've got the bug out. It'd, be a, sh- it'd be a shame to kind of, yeah, after all that time, like doing it for that long, it'd be a shame to just kind of, you know, stop completely. Because um, I think me and Luke were chatting every day, something like doing a marathon and stuff. Yes, yes. We're thinking about doing the Andrew Coast Half Marathon and I believe it's in June, some date like that. Well, COVID permitting. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so, I say it. <laughs> <laughs> no, brilliant. Now, keep keep it going, lads. Um, And I suppose then, what what these what was the target that you wanted to hit for the fundraising of the sixty six days later challenge? So we come up because there's five of us doing it. We thought right, we'll try and go for a grand each. So that takes it to five grand. I believe we're on just fifteen hundred so far, and there's still like over forty days to go. And to be fair, we've noticed like support from. Everyone's yeah, supports really, really good. To be fair, really like good. everyone's really got on board and has <clears throat> been really pushing us as well. Knowing that you know people are donating, and as I said, yeah. it's couldn't be for any better cause, especially given the current climate uh, for the services they offer and stuff. So we're chuffed over what we've reached so far. And even if we don't hit the five grand, like still, it's still a lot of money, and it's going to make a big difference for them as well. So that's the main thing. And it's really, really encouraging to to see everyone's messages whenever they donate. They're all good, good job, lads. Keep it up. We things like that kind of count 
especially also I'm sure you've seen all of our stories, five Ks and the times and the reposts and stuff. Like people would reply to those, and so it's nice to hear good feedback. No, that's brilliant. Um, and like I says, there's a there's a real importance for the people to pull together and uh, obviously raise money for a fantastic cause. Um, so tell me a little bit about where to find out the information for the Olive Branch. They're on social media. They've got a website. Um, for anyone that's listening into the podcast, um, is it, do they have an app which you can download? Or, you know, how do people get in touch and, and find out about the, the services? Yes, I think the best way to contact or see what the Olive Branch are up to is just uh, the search on Facebook if you just type in the Olive Branch and I think they're quite active on their social media they post a few times a day or oh, they also have a website as well if you just google the Olive Branch there's a lot of information on there and I think also uh, through just giving you could fundraise for the Olive Branch if you have your own uh, a charity event yourself it's easy enough done that way fantastic Fantastic. No, that's that's brilliant, guys. Look, I really appreciate you giving me your time um, to speak about, first and foremost, your fundraiser, um, some of your own experiences. Um, but what I would ask is, if there's anyone listening to the podcast who, you know, is maybe finding it really difficult during um, these difficult times, COVID, and, you know, maybe has been isolated in a sense, they've been, you know, stripped away of maybe socializing with their friends and, and restricted to limited family members and, and things like that. What advice would you give to them um, in regards to reaching out um, connecting with other people and also looking for any of those signposted services that are accessible to them? Um, I think about, you know, it's important to know that the services are there and um, you know you've got friends and family obviously and as i said earlier as well put into perspective you know if your friend come up to you <clears throat> and said oh you know i'm struggling at the minute and feeling a bit down you're not going to turn them away you're going to you know embrace them with open arms so to speak and um, i think it's, it's a big you know just getting that courage for speaking up uh, but it's also realizing you know no one's going to judge you like it's mental health is more important than ever right now like everyone's struggling in one way during lockdown it's important to come forward and speak about those things because we're all in this together you know we're all in the same boat and we're all here for each other so it's important to kind of always remember that yeah i also if you don't mind me adding to that i think it's also important to look out for some signs <clears throat> so like if you're asking a friend to do something and they're unwilling to take part like a few times or if they're staying up to the wee hours in the morning try and get uh, the day out of the way just by sleeping in and stuff that is signs like that or if you're saying things that aren't really yourself kind of just checking with them and be like what's up you're all good yeah i think the drinking as well like the, the reason why we're <clears throat> like cutting you know not drinking as well i think it's very easy to turn to kind of destructive habits once you're kind of you know down and not feeling 100 percent. you know <clears throat> might be turning to you know alcohol could be a number of other things you know to kind of take your mind off it and feel better so to speak uh, but, you know, as I said, there are destructive ways and you shouldn't feel, you know, guilty about it either. Like it's, in a sense, it's a coping mechanism for a lot of people uh, to, you know, to do those things. But it's important to know, just reach out for help if you are struggling. And, you know, there's better ways uh, to get help and help yourself. And people are always there for you and the service are there. Like, as we said, the Olive Branch as well, what they're doing makes absolutely fantastic, you know, confidential drop-in services for counselling, like, even if you don't feel confident speaking to your friends and family, go into a private, you know, confidential counseling session is a great start. 
I appreciate that feedback, guys. Um, and I suppose just touching on what you had said there, Adam, about uh, the drink and, and other sort of substances and things like that, um, they're, they're a short-term fix for a longer-term problem. And, and I suppose, like you're saying, it, that's, that's, the easy, that's the easy way just to, to solve an issue um, short-term, whereas looking at it longer-term, you know, that's, that it's not the right solution. Um, and like you're saying, probably given yourselves that break in a sense where you, you can actually feel better in your cells and how much energy you have and how productive you are with your days. Um, so I suppose anyone that is listening who, who may be looking at that as quick release, it's not always the answer is where I'm getting to here. Um, and you've sort of flagged that there, which was, was great to hear, but then um, just, just very quickly, I actually completed a, a course online there. Um, it's a, it's a company called, or organization, should I say, called uh, Ohana Zero uh, Suicide. And it's a 20-minute course, and I find it really, really engaging and uh, really informative. Um, but they've broke it down in such a way that, you know, some courses I've done in the past where it's really text-rich or there's a lot of writing or reading. Um, and, you know, you sort of zone out. You know, if you're in a uni seminar or something and it passes the 20-minute mark, you're, you're sort of ready to put your head down on the table. But this was really, really engaging. The way that they've put it together, there's some audio, there's some text, there's really good visuals. The, the way that they've put it together is fantastic. So I would highly recommend everyone that's listening, even yourselves, guys, if you would maybe take that course if you haven't already done it. Um, I'm going to put the link below this. Um, and... Yeah, like I says, it, it's really, really good. Um, and some of the information that they, they cover um, is, is vitally important when going out there in the world and, and trying to identify these signs within people close to you and even strangers. Um, so yeah, I thought I came across that and I thought I wanted to share it. But also the reason we're here today is for the guy's fundraiser. So I want you to plug your fundraiser before we finish our Zoom today um, or the podcast, should I say. Um, so tell me where I can donate. Tell me where I can find you on the socials so that people can get on, they can get on and support, they can get on and share and uh, get behind you, really. I think Adam was very happily uh, passing that one on. <laughs> he knows I love a good social media plug. <laughs> but yeah, if you search all uh, just the usual channels, just uh, Google for like uh, six or six days later and you should see the Just Give link. Or if you go on to any of the boys' Facebook, uh, you'll see the link there. Or even if you follow us on Instagram, uh, it'll be in our bios. It's sick of seeing it at this you, point. You, I'm sure <laughs> everyone is listening already. It's sick of seeing it. <laughs> sure. No, you're doing a fantastic job. So that it's really important that you keep sharing that information. What I'm going to do anyway underneath the podcast is include all the links, which you guys can share with me after. Um, and then just finally, the fantastic charity that you are raising the money for, um, if you could give them a bit of a plug um, and the hard work that they're doing out there and the fantastic job that they're doing as well, uh, we have to give them credit for that during these very difficult times. Yes, I couldn't, we couldn't have done it without all of us, to be fair. They've been really, really supportive um, every week. They've been checking in on us, just kind of giving us a wee bit of motivation. And um, you can check the, the old bunch out by searching them on Facebook. And if you also are thinking about doing your own charity event, uh, you can do that via just giving. And then all the proceeds go directly to the charity. You couldn't have picked a better charity. Mm -hmm. Especially now, given, as I said earlier on as well, like given the climate, a lot of people's mental health just is, you know, just deteriorating right now with all the lockdowns mm -hmm. and 
you know, lack of maybe job security and other factors that are really, you know, uh, getting people down. So it's nice to know that those type of services, like you know, the Olive Branch, uh, are there to help a lot of people right now. And I think uh, with the lockdowns and in the coming years, we'll we'll see increasing numbers of like, mental health issues and stuff. We shouldn't even classify it as an issue. I know. Yeah. yeah, no, but I understand. Um, no, that's fantastic. I really enjoyed having you on the, the first episode of Series 2 of the Mind podcast. Um, it was great to chat to you and catch up with you about your um, challenge. Um, also find out a little bit about your motivations and the charity you're raising money for. I just want to say a massive thank you to both Luke and Adam for joining me on the first installment of the second series of the Mind Podcast. Loads of guests joining me over the coming weeks, so stay tuned. But I'm going to include all the links below this podcast post for you to check out and donate to Luke and Adam and the rest of the lads. All money raised goes to the Olive Branch. Thanks for tuning in.